I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday's episode of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Craig Fowler, and if I sound a bit strange, it is because I don't have my microphone with me. I wasn't supposed to be on this podcast. Fortunately, Thursday evening has ended up being a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> we had Sean, who was supposed to be doing the main show with Andy, looking at the lower leagues. That has been unable to happen because they were originally going to record on Wednesday. Andy then couldn't make it due to some childcare duties. And then on the Thursday evening, Sean was going to go. From his work in Edinburgh, back to Kirkcaldy, and Scott Rail struck again. Ed- Edinburgh, Edinburgh has blown away, as far as I can tell. Right, Edinburgh's blown away, and Scott Rail's, Scott Rail's not, not functioning as it tends to do when weather gets very bad. So, Sean, I think, is somewhere on a bus between Edinburgh and Kirkcaldy, or maybe still at St Andrew's bus station, swearing a lot, I presume. So, that was unavailable. I was then thinking, okay, it's fine. I asked Rob and Graham to do the a Patreon about the midweek games that took place in the Scottish Premiership and then asked, okay, are you guys still doing it? But Rob had to pull out due to ill health. So this was going to be my only, I mean, it depends if you count watching Hearts Livingston as, as working. I, I certainly don't. do. I, 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 I certainly I do because, Graham, have you seen Hearts? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really want to go to that game last night. There's two reasons. One, it would be good for the podcast, and two, my dad was going. To, and that was it. It wasn't. It wasn't a loyalty team. It was. I didn't even. Uh, I was going to say I didn't go to the pub. I did go for one beforehand uh-huh. Because, uh-huh. because we because we finished the the TV show in enough time, uh, and I did do some work on the train on the way back. So this was going to be my night off this week, but I wasn't going to do any podcast stuff. Fortunately, that's not going to happen. But thankfully, thankfully, Graham, Graham Thulis, you are here to join me and joining us for the first time. I think since 
the start of September, maybe the end of August. It's been a while. Like I've had a, there's a lot of things have been happening. I've uh, I've been transatlantic. I've been doing all manner of other bits and pieces as well. So yeah, it's been a, a busy little time. It's been a busy little month for me. Yes, yes, it certainly has. Yeah, some of your travels looked um, well. I was very jealous of of some of them. So that's all there needs to say about that. So I haven't even seen uh, sports scene yet. I was at the Hearts game and I've seen the goals. I think I've seen the goals for the Rangers game, or at least some of them. So the referee controversy. But anyway, the point is that we're not going to be doing a usual breakdown of each game that we would be doing. We'll go from match to match, but what we're going to be doing instead is the Scottish Premiership panic meter for every club as we go from team to team. So we're going to rank them from one to five. One is chilled out, man. Two is, it's fine. Things are fine. Slightly high pitch, not entirely sure. Three is, hmm, not sure about this. Four is, we're in danger. And five it's, it's, is... It's, four, four's of the Ralph Wiggum chuckle like, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> I suspect we're going to be using that one a lot. Yes. And five is, what the fuck is happening? So I'm about a four tonight. <laughs> we'll go to the various Scottish football teams. And let's start with let's start with what we usually don't do. Let's start on Tuesday with Hibs 2, Ross County 2. Graham, since you've been on, Hibs have got themselves a new manager, Nick Montgomery, Duncan Mackay. Tony was excited about it, but Tony's excited about a lot of stuff. Duncan Mackay, some of his podcast appearances, but I, I would go as far as to say quite smug about how good Hibs had done in appointing a sensible manager. It's only one problem, Graham. They still don't win football games. That is a problem. I suspect, like, broadly, right? See, if we're going on the scale for this, I am not ranking Hibs particularly highly on this. I reckon like a two and a half max on this, ultimately, because... Whatever manager you have at Hibernian, right? They are not. Um, they obviously they they took a point in the derby. They've only had one really sort of bad defeat. Dropping two goals to Ross County is poor, but fundamentally, like there's very little that there's very little that Monty can do in the grand scheme of things in terms of reorganising Hibs to make them a better football team, um, because there are fundamentals within that squad that he cannot fix. He cannot make them. A better, they can't, he can't, he can't magic, magic them two better centre halves out of nowhere because they don't have any good centre halves. Um, he can't once again magic them a left back out of anywhere because they don't have that. He has to play Jimmy Jago in midfield for them because no one else in there can really. There's, there's no one else within that squad. Newell maybe, but it, there's no one else that can offer any sort of balance in that central midfield if Jago isn't playing. He's a very limited footballer, but he's very effective for what he's doing for Hibernian at the moment. He did a had a pretty good game um, before he came off um, against Ross County as well, and he offers he offers exactly what you think you're going to get from him every single time. And up front, the only concern I would have is that that Yuan looks miles off it on the occasions I've seen them. Offers a little bit, but isn't doing quite as much of the fun stuff as he was. So I, a max, I would say a max of like two and a half for three for Hibernian. Losing losing a two goal lead is not great, but similarly they're not losing. With the exception of the Rangers game where they got absolutely horsed, they're in contention in all the games. Taking a point at Parkhead or taking a point against Celtic, pretty good result. Um, getting a point in the derby, not a terrible result given Hibs' uh, historic derby record. They're doing okay. 
Yeah, that's that's probably a good shout, I would say. I would have maybe put them at... Uh, yeah, probably just a two. Like Some fans are obviously going to be at a three. There's yep. just a lack of, like I mentioned at the, the top, of, of winning football games. They've not done it a, a lot under Monty, but there has been signs of things getting better after the Lee Johnson. Crucially, he doesn't talk a lot of shite in his post-match interviews either. He, he was a bit kind of doubling down after the Ibrox defeat, but then it, we did kind of think at the time that he was just kind of paying lip service or, or just kind of just saying something different in public than he was saying in private. And then you saw that with the Celtic game, they were a lot more pragmatic. And that was, that was a very good result. The Derby result was a very good result. It's very uncommon yep. that Hibs will go... It, it's happened famously once before, yep. but it, it's very uncommon that Hibs will go two goals down at Tidecastle and get anything out of the game. Yep. So that that is a good result. And there is aspects of the team that are good. So, yeah, I think they should be... Uh, it's fine. Things are fine. Because it's still early enough game days. And as you say, he's still a bit hamstrung by the, the state of that squad, particularly the, at the back. The, the, the there's work that, yeah, there's work that needs to be done at Hibernian, but he can only make do with what he has in the meantime. So ultimately, it's a two until he gets to January. Um, unless things take a, a severe nosedive between now and then. And ultimately, I don't think it will. Like They're competing in games. They're doing relatively well in games. They are, on occasion, scoring, but ultimately, uh, they're doing fine. So, Hibernian, Hibernian, Hibernian fans, I would not worry. Just now, on the flip side, uh, Ross County, I would put some... I would uh, Ross County, you've got to put in a four for me, ultimately. Like they started off the, the season really well in the League Cup. Um, won the games that they should have won until they came up against Kelly Hearts and what was a really weird game so let's not worry too much about that um, but then they've only won two league games this season um, against a, an abject um, St Johnston side and again in a bit of an odd game against Kilmarnock too where they should have had a goal against them so it should have been a point as well and again three points on the board there's still three points on the board so it doesn't really you can't say that doesn't count but similarly there is some context to it as well um, the Motherwell game that they took a point against us, they, they genuinely had the game gone on in all three minutes, I think they would have lost the game. They did come back and show a bit of character against the Bernie and get a point there. But they also, I, I just, I can't, I struggle to see where they're going to turn things around. Like they're now, the, uh, at the start of the season, you kind of wondered, like, are they going to improve when Brophy comes back? And, and Brophy has made a difference for Ross County. The way in which the Motherwell game in particular is a is a big red flag for me in that they had the game won comfortably. The game was done. The game was finished. Uh, the way in which uh, the way in which they've been uh, managing their team ultimately in the substitutions which have been made. As soon as they uh, when they get to, when when they get a goal ahead, Mackay has this habit of of switching to back three. Um, and all that try and see you at the game, and it consistently fails to be effective. Um, I know it's something that Graham Alexander used to do. He ended up with like a back six, which was weirdly actually quite effective um, in games. As you just play all of the central halves that we had for um, for for County, it's just not really working. And with the backline that they have, even with their very best players available, I think Jack Baldwin's an absolute bomb scare. I think he's good for costing you at least a goal a game. Um, and that's not really where you want to be. Simon Murray's game, I've mentioned him numerous occasions, I love him a bit, it's Jordan White is effective at what he does. It was a really nice finish against the, for his goal against the Burning, but they're just in a they're, they're in a struggle, and I, I don't really see that. At the end of the first round of fixtures, there's been very little to write home about from them. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm, I'm going to agree with you that a four is right, because basically you kind of have to be at the very least. Unless you're a team that's come up and you've just, like, say our both had come up and they were in the position Ross County are now. Like, yep. that, that would be fine. But yep. for every team in the league, that like, Ross County would have had... If it's like, I mean, there was only a couple of seasons ago they were in the top six and they would have... At the start of the season, it looked like they'd kind of build a better squad, so they would maybe, again, have aspirations of maybe kind of sneaking in there. If some of the kind of bigger clubs had bad seasons. But they're sitting in 10th place, tied on points with Livingston. So they have to be a four, basically, for that reason alone. Malky McKay's not really popular. His style of play up until very recently has certainly not been popular. However, they are trending back towards a three with their last two, maybe even, say, their last three games. Don't think they were the better team against Dundee, but they were unlucky to have a goal disallowed. It was an atrocious. It was an absolutely atrocious ninety minutes that game. So I'm not. I, I think I, for me, there's very little um, sort of anything greatly positive to take out of it. And that, that's, ulti- that's true. That's true. But they they were very good against Motherwell. They, they felt a bit, and their defence is definitely a concern. You're right. And but then they come back against Hibs. I'm not going to. I'm not saying they're a three, but I think they are starting to move back in a in a right direction. And to to have three away games and to not lose any of them is still quite. I mean, it's commendable, and there's just so many. Yeah, it's it, I'm probably going to say this a lot throughout this podcast, but there's just so many teams kind of bunched yeah. together in the league that it's yeah. just there's a lot of panic around. Very quickly, there's yeah, a lot of panic around. There's a lot of panic around, and things can change very quickly. But I've, I've basically, I think I've just thought that County in the last, certainly the Motherwell game, I didn't see Tuesday's game, but coming back for two goals down at Hibs says that they've got a bit more attacking impetus about them than I assumed only a couple of weeks ago. So at least that's a positive. Right, let's move to... Okay, let's go to Dundee against Rangers. Rangers winning 5-0. Sam Lammers even bloody scoring this one. Cyril Dessers scoring in this one. Danilo scoring in this one. All three of the forwards that they signed in the summer are getting on the score sheet. I would still say that if you're judging Lammers and Dessers and individually you're still going to go with a four and a five but what do you reckon for Rangers overall Rangers I'm going to give them a one like genuinely I'm going, to give, I'm going to give Rangers a one at this point like ultimately right you have your new manager in the um the performances almost immediately have improved to a degree like these getting goals out of the strikers who were not massively good the this 
part of part game was 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 under the um obviously under the uh, standing managers. The performance against Hearts wasn't great, but ultimately got the result at the end of it, which saw the Nilo score at the end of it as well. Which of all the the jobbers that Rangers have signed, he seems to be the sort of king jobber. Um, and then you go to Dundee, which again it was a whole that whole the whole game last night was just weird. It was delayed to kick off to Rangers being late. It was then once again delayed because of the Rangers pyro show. Um, and then immediately come out and score with Ryan Jack. Like there's, there are things to be there are things to be positive about this season for Rangers for the very first time. And broadly, if you are an old Firm fan, you can only be at one end or at the other end of the scale. You can't be in the middle. You can't be mm. the way in which you react to things are either these are the best things in the world, these are the worst things in the world. Yes, your manager's bald, but also you scored five goals comfortably, leathering a team. And again, listen. The gap is five points. I still fully expect Celtic to comfortably go to the title. However, the gap is only five points. It is not insurmountable by any stretch of the imagination, particularly given some of Celtic's performances of late as well. So for me, it's a one. Like At this point, you have your new manager, you have two games, you've scored seven goals, you've taken six points. You've got to be a one. There's no, there's nothing, nothing else to do. And you even got a goal at Sam Lammers, which was an absolutely stunning strike as well. So... Got me a one. I, I disagree, I'm disagree with this. I'm not going to the opposite end of the scale. I am somewhere between a two and a three because for two reasons. And so basically I'm starting from one and I'm adding two points on. One point I'm adding on for the fact that they are behind Celtic in the league table and they're behind Celtic by five points. And while Celtic have not looked convincing, they've still looked better for Rangers consistently throughout the season. And that's enough to create a bit of a panic to bump them up a level. And ah, the reason I ah, know, Craig, Craig, you're looking at this the wrong way, however, right? Because it doesn't matter now, because they don't win the title, it was Michael Beale's fault. <laughs> which means when you start next season, do you know what? It's Clements, it's Clements' uh, team now. He's got his boys in, he's got the body that he needs in order to turn this round. So you're a one. Yes, you- but do you know what another factor is? Is that Celtic, if they win this title, are only one title behind Rangers in the all time list? The, the, there's, there's four, I believe there are four there that don't count, five there that don't count. <laughs> So ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like, listen, I'm I'm simply putting myself in the mindset of a true blue here. I'm thinking, I'm pretending I'm, I'm pretending I'm Craig Telfer, and this is the this is the logic I'm taking. <laughs> nice, and I'm adding another point, or at least a half point. Oh yeah, for the fact that I still think their squad's really quite poor in a lot of areas. Oh, stinking! Celtic lack a bit. Celtic lack a bit of depth. Celtic's starting eleven and adding on. One or two defenders, one or two midfielders, and once a baddest fit, one forward. That still, there is enough quality there. Rangers, there is holes in the starting eleven. Yeah. So that's why I think they should, at the very least, be a two. How about Dundee? Okay. Um, if I'm Dundee, I'm at most a three, at absolute most a three. And again, this is it's kind of working in the same sort of logic as my one for Rangers out. Not too sure about this because you're a Dundee fan, so you can never be particularly sure about things. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, you have, at the very minimum, a decent start in 11. Like Rangers, the game against Rangers, they were really poor. Like dog poor, not a good team, poor performance. I think Ewan described it as the as the worst team that um the worst team that uh Rangers have come up against since they, they lost like they beat Hamilton Ackies like 8 0. It was a bad performance, but again, a weird night, which I'm not really going to think too much about. It was their first loss since they got beat by Celtic 
in that period as well. They've picked up a series of draws against teams which are around the same, in the same sort of position as they are. Beat Hearts, beat Livingston. Like, they're beating teams, they're staying in contention in games. They're, they're just doing very non Dundee things. They're not doing mental things. They're not signing lunatics. And they're not having players do bizarre things like turn up steaming at the hydro. None of these things are happening. They're all just normal. They're a normal beige football team for this moment in time. And even with that as well, like a couple of the guys that they've brought in, like um, Beck obviously looks class. Boateng looks like a, a really good uh, addition to their midfield. Portales actually looks like he might be a bit of a player. Um, Joe Shockness and Trevor Carlson are absolutely class. So three maximum absolute maximum for three and in reality I'd probably go to a two yeah I would say a two I was just about to say I wouldn't even go as high as a three as you mentioned and a lot of us have mentioned Dundee just made sensible signings and they're kind of just playing as a sensible team so far yeah they got gubbed off Rangers but that's going to happen to to teams in this league even when it's not a particularly good Rangers team if you find yourselves in a hole and you try to dig yourselves out of it and things get worse that, that would just happen against Old from time to time so shouldn't be too much into that individual result otherwise they've looked fairly competent they lack a little bit up front but they're not the only team in the league that's going to be like that and defensively look pretty solid and aye they've been a tough out this season and they've not been hilarious they've been quite undone very, disapp- very disappointing yeah but they can't be they can't be one because they're still in a, they're still very close yep. to the bottom of the, the table, or at least the relegation positions in terms of points. And again, as you said, they're Dundee. Right, let us go to Tidecastle. Hearts defeated Livingston by one goal to nil. I was at this game for a little bit of analysis. Hearts absolutely dominated this from start to finish without without playing particularly well. It was funny, in the first half I didn't play, I don't think they played well, but they had two or three good chances to score. I think they had less good chances in the, in the second period, but played a bit better, were a bit more... I thought the first half was a bit disjointed and but some sloppy passing. A lot more... A lot more understanding and a lot, like, just a bit... Just kind of... A bit more... I don't know. <laughs> struggling to think of the word here. Just kind of connected as a team in the second period. But that was helped by the fact that Livingston done nothing and, and tried to do nothing. Livingston turned up wanting a nil-nil draw. Yep. And considering that this Hearts team is no great shakes this season, I think that's absolutely wild. Like Livingston came around about this time last year, Tidcastle, and were very unlucky to leave a point when Josh Dinelli scored like seven minutes in injury time. Yep. And a goal that could have been disallowed for two reasons. And VR just decided, nah, can't be bored. Let's just get out of here. So yeah, yeah we'll get to Livingston in a second, but we'll start with Hearts. Hearts, I think, you could say there are five because any time Hearts lose three games in a row, there are five, and then they yep. stay a five until <laughs> until they're third amongst the fan base. Yep. But what should be their actual rating out of five in this panic meter? I think Hearts are a three for this exact mo- for this exact moment in time. Hearts are a three simply on the basis that there are enough Hearts players actually fit to put out the put out a good 11. Like, last night, Boyce played, Shanklin played, Beningamy played, Devlin played, um, back three of Rose, Kent and, and Kingsley. Like, that's all fine. Like, you can make up the rest. Cochrane was back as well. Like, all of those are good players, broadly. All of them are absolutely fine. All of those are good players. So for this exact moment in time, in addition to the fact that you saw Kenneth Vargas get his first goal for Hearts as well, so he actually did something, which was really exciting for Hearts fans, I imagine. 
Um, that's all fine. So for this exact moment in time, I go a three. I don't think it will last. I said this. I've said this. I think I said it to you very early on in the season. Like Hearts are so hugely reliant on Liam Boyce being fit for lengthy periods of the season, and I just I, I simply don't believe he will be. Uh, he, he'll have to be managed throughout the course of the season because he, he really struggles to stay fit, which is a real shame because he's a wonderful footballer. But they're so reliant on him because there's nobody else within that heart squad um, that can do the things that Liam Boyce can do. Um, so at this exact moment in time, three. In about uh, three weeks' time, when it, three weeks' time, when at least two of those players break down with injury, I'll go up to a four, and then I'll probably go up to a five after that. Once another couple of players go in, get injured, but Hart's biggest problem all season long is going to be keeping all of the all of the, the players that they need in order to compete fit. I do agree. Like your point about Boyce, I kind of agree with the general thing. He's a good footballer. I don't know whether he does things that Lauren Shankland can't do in kind of slightly different ways. And also, it's and that's, not and and that's fine because if Shankland's going to then do that, then who's going to be Lauren Shankland when well, he's doing the, the Liam Boyce thing? Yeah, the problem is they can't really play together, and that the wee bit earlier in the season. But you saw it actually against Livingston. Boyce was completely anonymous against Livingston. It's maybe the worst I've seen him play this season. And it's just them two together. There's just no pace. There's nothing to stretch defenders. And it just it's just too much of a muchness. I think they should... Shanklin plays every single game from start to finish. And I don't think that should necessarily happen. I think he should, at times, not only when Hearts are like 3-0 up, be substituted off for Boyce when he's not having a particularly good game. You can maybe see in the Celtic game why that doesn't happen because he scored it in nowhere. But still, I think he should maybe... I think they should maybe use one or the other a bit more often than they are. And so he does have something about the squad, but Hearts really needs one of these fast attackers to to fill the Josh to die to fill the Josh Janelli void. And I mean it was good to Vargas to get his goal, but it's only one goal and assist in, in fourteen games. I, I do like Vargas and I think he will be proved to be a good signing, but he's he's a very young player that's been used a lot because of other injuries to Oda and Tagawa. Whether Tagawa's any good is a different story, but He's been used a lot more than Hearts kind of thought he would be. He's also been moved around the attack. He's played left mid, he's played right mid, he's played up front. He's not really had the chance to get settled in a new country, new language, new culture, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, how about you? A three for Hearts at the moment. Lose on Sunday, probably back to a four. <laughs> You'll lose, lose on some, Sunday with two uh, second-half substitutes due to injury, and it's right up to a five. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter who it is that's injured, just two injuries at Hamden, and then that's Hearts, Hearts right back up to a five. But people will say, why you said it's a three? Because I think recently, I think results have been positive recently. And it's the kind of thing that I talked about before, that the, the way that Stephen Naismith got the job and the, the circus around it has really not helped how he's viewed. Because if you say Hearts hired Marty Cervantes in the summer and they had the exact same start to the league season, I don't think there would be really as much anger amongst the fan base yeah. and I've spoken about it before how the, basically, the club basically said our manager isn't qualified for the job and that is just permeated a, a culture it's just given the wrong message anyway we've talked enough about Hearts yep. Livingston are we, are we going full five for Livingston five, yeah. five. That, was, that was really bad really really bad on Wednesday night I would like to highlight. I've been really consistent about this all season. I don't think Livingston are good. I think they are the. I think they're like the the sort of. They're a bad. They're a very bad version of what they're good at at the moment. And if they're a bad version of what they're good at, they can't really be anything else 
ultimately is my concern. Like Livingston can't really Livingston can't change their spots, is what I'm getting at. Like if they're not good at the things that they were good at before, I don't think they can be reinvented into being something else. Um, I think they're really going to struggle this season. I think there's a, a certainty that a couple of bodies will leave in January. I'm also still not entirely convinced that David Martindale won't leave for St Johnston either. Like I, I don't know whether it was just simply the timing of everything, but I'm not massively sold, not massively convinced one whether By the time this is out, it's probably going to be Craig Levine, so I'm going to look daft. But just everything about it just stinks. Like there's the, the approach from Martindale on leaving or whether he's happy to stay or whatever else. And then to follow that up with the performance at Hearts, like you wondered whether it was going to go one of two ways. Like he's been offered a job elsewhere, he's been approached, they've said no. So the team's then going to go out and either be brilliant and, and win 3 0, or he's going to go out and put in an absolutely hopeless performance. And ultimately, that's what you got out of it. I don't think they are, I don't think they have a collection of bad players at the team, but they only work when they're operating in the basis of the sort of principle of being better than the sum of their parts which at the moment they are not. They are actually probably less than the some other parts, which Livingston have very rarely been uh, since, since they returned to the top flight. I think the thing that can put it to a four is that they have been without Io Obelai in recent games and the defence has really struggled without him. And if they get him back, I, I, I don't have it in front of me how long he's out for, but if he's back soon enough and the defence can turn to how it looked earlier in the season when he was anchoring it, then you can see Livingston shitfest in their way enough to... 10th place or 9th place or whatever, doing a, doing a kind of Livingston quote-unquote. Just in addition to that as well, like I know George was on the bench last night rather than, than starting, which I didn't actually, I, I didn't. I meant to look in to see whether it was an injury, whether I he think simply he, dropped. I think he, he is carrying an injury and he, he did take a dunt against Dundee. Yeah. And he has been struggling for a few weeks. So if he's, if he's either out with an injury for any length of time or if he's just been dropped because he is struggling and he has been struggling... I don't have a huge amount of faith in, in Hamilton to be a consistent uh to be a consistent performer in the Livy goals either. Like he there's a it, Hamilton feels like a really good example of like the, the sort of NFL version of uh having a really good backup quarterback. And it's a guy that you'll trust for like two games. And then you know you can trust him for two games and you'll always get two games out of any more than like two games and you suddenly start to see this is why you're a backup quarterback and that's exactly the sort of principle I expect to see from Jack Hamilton if he has to play any more than two games. That That's true. So, I, I'm going to stick Livingston at a five for right now just because, so coming into the campaign, there was a lot of bad vibes around Livingston. I yep. still had faith that Martindale would... would know as long as he's there that he can't have a team being bottom of the table if he, if he has aspirations to go anywhere else. And then they started off the season pretty well. But, so a five feels almost a bit too reactionary. But it was just the fact that it just, to me, looked completely like a manager that has no faith in his team. And that's very worrying when you're still two months and a lot of games away from the transfer yep. window. Yeah, uh, they seem to spend such a huge amount of time this summer trying to sort out a work permit for a child um, to arrive. Kind of, kind of felt a little bit like Motherwell spending all of January trying to sign a, a Japanese laddie who was absolutely atrocious. Like, mm, I, I see the, I see your thinking, but then also maybe just sign good players that are easier to get a hold of rather than try to sign children from across the world. There's weird. a lot of there's a lot of recruitment in Scottish football at the moment that is clubs trying to play four D chess. Aye, very much so. 
Right, our fourth game to concentrate on the two teams, Celtic 2, St Mirren 1. St Mirren took the lead at Celtic Park, Celtic equalised with David Turnbull who also missed a penalty. It started to look like St Mirren were going to get a point at Parkhead and you're really thinking, whoa, this third place, buddies look good for it. They still might be, but they eventually did lose this game with O getting his first goal of the season and getting Celtic a valuable three points because they dropped more and Rangers have caught more ground under Clement than you're really starting to sweat a little bit as a Celtic fan. So let's begin with the reigning champions. What do you think about them? I don't think they should be one I mean, in, the, in the panic scale. I think like a one and a half, like max. Like I think they're a two. I think they're the definition of it's fine. Things are fine. Yeah, fine. probably. Yeah, so I'm just thinking I have to be reactionary one way or another. But I think in reality, right, it's probably a two. Like there are there are problems with the Celtic team. Um, ultimately, like they, I know they're, they're beginning to get some of the players back now, but it was in the it was particularly again. It's not really a fair comparison because it's in the the game against Atletico Madrid, which is a, a significantly better team than they'll come up against them on any weekly basis in Scotland. But it was just looking at the bench, and it was like there's nobody really there that I would look to turn to. Like if you if you are struggling, the first eleven is very good. Uh, Matt O'Reilly's having a stunning season; he's, he's incredible. Palmer, I really think he's going to be a, a really big player for them over the course of the season. Even if it's just absolutely leathering jobbers week in week out, I think he'll do that. Furuhashi is obviously, as we know, top class, and Carter Vickers being back is really good as well. But then just looking at the bench, there's just a real lack of. There's a real lack of anything different to it, and I think that's where they're really missing um, a badder um, mm. this season, particularly as well, because he just has the. We saw it a bunch of times um, under um, under Postecoglou last season. Like if they were struggling, just lob on a badder who's had to be uh, against whichever fullback has had to deal with either Maeda for like seventy minutes um, or like any or a Jota for seventy minutes, and just put on a badder, and he'll just terrorise them for the last 20. You'll score two goals in the last 20 minutes, and even if you're a goal down, you'll win the game. Like, irrelevant. Now, just the way the squad is, and with, with him out in particular, seeing James Forrest and Mikey Johnson on the bench and making appearances and stuff like that, like, Forrest has been a, a wonderful and, and, and top quality servant to Celtic throughout his entirety of his career. And if they want to keep paying him for another like five years just to be there and come on against like Dundee United with 20 minutes to go, fine. Not a problem. I think he's a really, presumably a great player to have around the place. But if you're in a hole and you need somebody to dig you out, I'm not sure he's the guy anymore for that. He's just not as as quick as he was, not as electric as he was, and he's his first spell under Rogers. Um, Mikey Johnson just doesn't have it. Simply, no. like he's a long, long and short of it. Has has shown that number of times. Turnbull offers something slightly different in midfield, which has essentially been a slightly not not as good version of either O'Reilly or Hatati. Iwata, seen not seen not a huge amount about him. Um, Yang, again, not a huge amount. Oh, might have something a little bit more as a more physical centre forward, but again, hasn't really hasn't really has. He needs to really he needs to really accept that role and believe in himself in that role. And it doesn't really get. I know we got the goal last night in order to win the game, and maybe that's a turning point for him. But he needed to. It was the the Atletico yeah. game again where he was, he was... I saw somebody somebody highlighting. Um, that what Celtic really needed in that game was Giacomacus and I was like that's, that's exactly what they needed in that game was they needed Giacomacus that was yeah. exactly what I was going to say he was in place for Giacomacus and he, he is a downgrade yep so I think two is right I think two is the answer 
They are. They will win the title. I think they will win it fairly comfortably. They will absolutely scud a couple of teams en route when everyone gets back fit. I don't think the recruitment in the summer was particularly remarkable. Um, I think in the summer to come, there will be a couple of really big players to leave Celtic simply on the basis that you're not going to hold on to Matt O'Reilly and nor should you. Um, simply on the basis that Celtic are a selling club. You need to sell players. Not, you sell these players at the highest value to get the most money to sign more players. He'll be gone in the summer. I would imagine Furuhashi and some of the other Japanese guys may look to move on to further their career elsewhere as well. So... It's going to be a bit. It's going to be an interesting year, um, ultimately for Celtic, which will see them lift the title. They have put themselves in a bit of a, bit of a hole in Europe, and they I think they need to win two of the last three games in order to secure a European football, something along those lines, which seems like a stretch. But again, the performance against Atletico was much better than anything we'd seen from them in Europe for a wee while. I think. How about their opponents? Is this the only one chilled out man that we're having in this <laughs> list? Oh, they're the second one after Rangers for me. Um, absolutely. Oh yeah, you like, had Rangers. I forgot about uh, that. <laughs> Rangers is a one. Um, yeah, they, they. What you got to say? Like, absolutely fine. So long as Stephen Robinson keeps the players fit more than anything else. Nobody else. At some point or another, teams will begin to figure out the system that they've played and how to stop that. And that's broadly what happens with more or less every Stephen Robinson team. Eventually, it comes to a point where either somebody is injured or a key part of that is missing, and they will then struggle. Um, following that, um, he has a, a deeper squad at St Mirren, I would say, than probably any time they did when he was at, he would have at Motherwell. Um, I think they should get third place. I don't think they will um, because it's St Mirren, but they are certainly at the moment the third best team in Scotland. Um, they should take third place because no one else is particularly good. So they have to make she make sorry they have to make hay when the sun shines at the moment. Um, they're a good team. They're they're they're, they're getting goals from. All over the park. Everyone else, everyone is contributing on various weeks. It was McMenamin yesterday. Tanzer's had a wee spell. O'Hara will have a wee spell as well. Strain will have a wee spell. Kelty got a goal as well. Um, like everyone will contribute in this team, um, and that's why they are a good team. Graham, we need, we need to get to a certain team because I, I don't know if you can hear that sound. It's, it's getting louder. It's the only St. Johnson fan shouting, we won for once, for fuck's sake. Why are you not talking about St. Johnson? Okay, okay, we'll get to you now. St. Johnson got their first win of the season. Incredibly, Steve McLean sacked. Everybody's thinking, yeah, fair enough, he sacked them, but who the hell is going to come in and do a better job? Who's going to win this team football games? Alec Cleland, the caretaker manager, wins his first game in charge. A 2-1 victory over Kamarak. Two goals from Nicky Clark in the first seven minutes. One in the first minute. And then they managed to hold on despite Kelly pulling a goal back and Dara Castello being set off with 15 minutes to go. Graham, St. Johnson were a stone-cold number five. What the fuck is happening? Are they now a four? No, no, they're not. I still think they're a five. Okay. I still think that. I still think they're a five. Uh, a smashing result last night, and a, a really quick and really particular shout out to the uh, the guys in the Dogger Six and the Community Trust that put together a, a, a wonderful food drive last night, oh, and, yeah, the, and, and the guys that created the banner as well to support local. It's fucking outrageous that we need to support a local food bank. It's a fucking disgrace. Yes. However. Huge fucking shout out to the guys that did it and organised, put that together, put the work in, organised it, and thank you to everyone that donated to that as well. It's hugely generous. That is what is a really fucking difficult time for everyone at the moment. So yeah, huge appreciation for them because they absolutely deserve a shout out on that. It's a, a huge thing to do and they should be really proud of themselves and so should all the St. Johnston fans that donated to that. Um, 
I suspected to, to the football more, more promptly. I suspected that St Johnston may improve when Nicky Clark uh, returned. Um, simply mm. on the basis that I find Nicky Clark to be an absolute fucking naff of a centre forward. That said, is a rev, fairly consistent goal scorer, um, and I still remain a bit baffled as to why Dundee United sold him in the first place because he seemed ideal for that level and was a, a consistent uh, and would have been a more than anything else a really good partner for Tony Watt. But that's besides the by. Um, I suspect if he returned, they would they would improve simply on the basis that he is better than every one of their centre forwards by quite some distance. Um, the team looked sensible last night. We saw Ryan McGowan restored to after he'd evidently fallen out with Stephen McLean and been bombed from it, despite the fact he was better than quite a significant number of the players that were playing week in, week out. Uh, there is the spine and makings of a decent team there. If uh, whoever comes in can just simply just give Liam Gordon a really big cuddle, maybe, like more than anything else. Like He's a guy who has won a double for St Johnston, been a, a huge part of their success over the past few years even when he's been good, bad and indifferent, is always there, is the captain, is always a, a is a big part of the dressing room and a big part of the squad, but seems to have his confident, absolutely, confidence absolutely shot to bits to the point where he looked absolutely like a shell of the player that he was. If they can look after him, if they can restore McGowan and get him back on side in the team, Sprangler looks like a decent addition. Mm-hmm. Nicky Clark scoring goals. There is the makings. Phillips, I really like as well. I think he's a really nice player. He's, he's limited in some ways, but also you get a wonderful shift out of him. There are limitations within all the players that are there. However, getting a, any kind of result was all they needed. Ultimately, you need to show some bit of fight, particularly to the particularly to the board and the fans as much as anything else. Regardless of how the manager has treated you or how disastrous things have been and whether you've bombed for the squad, if, you, if you're brought back into the squad or you brought back into the team in order to play in a game on a Wednesday night or a freezing Wednesday night in Perth, if you don't show something, then that's on you. If the manager's treated you badly, then that's potentially on the manager. Also potentially on you as well, I suppose. But if the manager's treated you badly and then you've been bombed from the squad, if you come back into the squad and don't perform, then that becomes a you problem rather than anybody else's problem. So fair play. Put a sh- get, get your shift in, get your result and get yourself back into the team. I probably still has to stay at a five. I mean, they're yeah, trading back to they're trading back towards a four. If they get a, if we get a victory in their, their next game, which is a, are they one of the teams in action this weekend? Uh, they've got us on Tuesday night, which Tuesday is uh, can't fucking wait for that. Oh yeah, at home as well, right? So say they get a result in that, they're definitely into a four. They're definitely into a four because they've still not got a very good squad. I would say because you look at the. Aye, they have to be a five right now because they're still bottom of the table. Yes, they got a victory, but it was, I mean they were never going to go the entire season without a win. And you know it's the typical kind of maybe a galvanisation from a manager being sacked or, or whatever. But you look at their team as you kind of touched upon. It, I'm just going to go through it a wee bit more. You've got Chris Kane, Chris Kane and Nicky Clark started the game up front. That is a strike force that. Yep, I think if Kane can stay fit and he hasn't lost too much from basically being injured for two years, that's a strike force to get you to tenth. They've yep. got a very good goalkeeper, and they have, as you mentioned, Steve, Steve Sprangler, Darren, Darren, uh, Dan Phillips is a decent centre midfielder as well. They would make a, a very kind of solid pair in the two of them. So you've got wee bits there, a lot of the spine of the team there. Andy Considine has looked very old and rickety this season because he is very old. Yeah. Liam Gordon has not been in good form since Jason Kerr left, so your defence is still a big question mark. And you look at everything around it, McGowan, yep, solid. Surprised he was bombed out basically this season because he'd done a good job last year and whatever role he was asked to fit in. 
You look at the other ones, Luke Robinson, no, not for me. Graham Carey, I've said so many times, I don't know why he's getting chances at this kind of level. And Dara Costello has shown very brief flashes, but that's about it. And then Dre Wright's out for an extended period of time with a knee injury. And other than that, they just don't have enough. So they're still a five, but it's getting to the point. I thought they were an absolute murder squad last season and they managed to stay up fairly comfortably. So I wouldn't be overly surprised if they do it again, but surely this cat is about to run out of lives. And with everything else going off, going on off the field, St Johnston as well, it's inevitably going to affect on the field. Like you can't be in the situation where your chairman is actively trying to sell the yeah. club. Um, and understandably, then not being as involved as they have been over the past however many decades with the Browns at St Johnston as well, it, it's going to lead to problems on the field as well because ultimately there has to be a degree of responsibility taken by somebody until the club is sold and then replaced by somebody else. So it's a challenge. It's a struggle. Their opponents, come on, they should be. I mean, they, they should two. be like a, a two because two. every time I watch, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say the other two, they should be a two because every time I watch Kelly, I think they're a, a good team and they are still in fifth place and they're going to stay in, uh, I'd say they're definitely going to stay in the division. So yeah, maybe you are right with a two, but I don't know, it's just... It's it's like it's all relative. Ultimately. They've lost. They've just basically lost. I suppose I they're they're in, they're in fifth place. So I suppose they are a two, but I feel like giving them a three just because I'm disappointed. Like I feel they should be doing better than they are. Like I, they I should think, be. I, yeah, I think this team You're, is good. You are not wrong. They should be doing better than they are. I do think they are maybe one just one player short. Like that 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 that's, mm. that's ultimately where they are. So I think they are a two. Um, they are they are shot a central midfielder. Like again, it's it's one of those ones where you if you picked up somebody, you saw some of the bodies moved around in the summer. If you looked at somebody like again, at St Johnston's fence, Sprangler's looking a really good player. If you swap Sprangler into the Kelly midfield for Liam Polworth, for example, then I think you have a much better command that team. But they're just shot one player, and that means they're having to play um, Liam Donnelly. It means they're having to play uh, uh, Liam Polworth, guys who are. Like they're fine at this level. Like they're okay. They're entirely reasonable players, despite my personal feelings regarding Liam Polworth. <laughs> they're they're fine players at this level, but they're not going to make you a better team. And, and players like that are going to hold you back to a degree, which is ultimately what you're seeing from Kilmarnock. And they're just that one player shot. I think they will be absolutely comfortable this season. I think they'll probably finish seventh, um, if not. A run for top six as well because again we've not had our we've not yet had our Dan Armstrong spell this season which we will mm. get at some point or another. Matty Kennedy looks absolutely sensational for them. Every time I see him playing for Kilmarnock, I'm gutted that he's not a Motherwell player. Um, they have good centre halves, they have good defenders, they have a reasonably competent goalkeeper, and in Kyle Vassell and uh, Marley Watkins, I think you've got two really good centre forwards as well. So ultimately, they are a good team. They should they are a two for me. I think they're just a play. They're that one one bit of quality in the middle of the park shot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, yeah. Let's, sorry, I was going to add something else, but no, let's just go to our final game, which is Motherwell 2, Aberdeen 4. Didn't really see this coming, but Aberdeen going 4-0 up as well before Motherwell got a couple of late goals. Especially didn't see Theo Berg get his second goal of the season. Let's, Let's finish on your team, actually, Graham. Let's go to Aberdeen first. This is, a, this is a huge result for Aberdeen, but they have already, this campaign, after starting so poorly, shown flashes of life, and then it took a kind of steep nosedive again. I think they're going to struggle as long as they're in European football, and it might be similar to Hearts last season, and once they're out of it, they start to show a bit of their true worth, and then hopefully, like Hearts last season, they then have a hilarious collapse. But we we, we shall wait and see that. I'm not sold on Barry Robson at all as a manager. I don't think there are four. I'm not entirely sure there are two. I think there are three. I, If you're judging it on the season to date, I think there are three. Mm. If you're judging it on last night and... With the caveat that Motherwell were atrocious, like from from the from the first whistle to the to just about the last whistle, Motherwell were atrocious. They were very very poor throughout the game. They were a very bad team. However, what I would say is that I've seen Aberdeen more than I would like to this season, um, and there's been two occasions where I've thought, Do you know what, this is I actually see what's what what the plan is here. See what's happening. See what they're doing. Um, it was the the second half against Hacking and the 90 minutes last night. And on both occasions, Aberdeen stopped shelling the ball at Miofsky. On both occasions, they took their certain halves and went, right, okay, we've got uh, really good central midfielders in here and uh, Jamie McGrath, uh, Graham Shinney, and uh, Leighton Clarkson. Leighton Clarkson. And then you've got Paul Farah, they're just, again, a decent player, but predominantly more in a sort of supporting role. Miofsky's a really good centre forward. Why don't we play through the lines? And that's what they did last night. And Motherwell could not get close to them at any point whatsoever. I'm now at the point where I would quite happily never see Jamie McGrath line up against Motherwell ever again. <laughs> he's uh, uh, fittingly for an ex-buddy. He's really filled that role that Andy Dorman used to hold in my life. Um, but yeah, they I thought they were very... As poor as we were, I thought they were very good. We made them look very good as well, but the the game at the second half against Harkin and the, the 90 minutes last night against Motherwell showed what Aberdeen can be and whether it's either the unfamiliarity of the squad and the players getting to know each other and the, maybe just not quite understanding the pressure that they're under at points um, or whether it was simply a case of just the, the whether Robson was looking for a more direct game I don't know whatever it, whatever the answer is we'll find out over the next sort of three months I would imagine but they are uh, they were very good last night in terms of knocking the ball around um McGrath picking up pockets of space, Clarkson finding passes, Shinny battling around, taking the ball off people. The center, the, and by doing that as well, you're also giving the time for the the wing-backs and Devlin and McKenzie to get forward and support as well, which is the really crucial bit of that. If you go back to front as quickly as they have been, then the, the wing-backs cannot get up and support simply because the ball's coming back so quickly. Um, but by holding the ball in midfield at all time, it gives you that space, it allows you to play those patterns and it allows you to 
build the game as you want to and allows you to control the game in a much more effective way. So I thought they were very good last night. Um, I'm going to put them at a three, a three at an absolute max. Yeah, three at a max. I can see why you maybe even would go to a two because Aberdeen are the team that I continually look at. Out of them, Hearts and Hibs, the three big kind of underachievers so far this season, they're the ones that I look at and go, you should be a lot better than you are. Yeah, they're, they're underachieving, but they have good players, um, as opposed to Hibernian, who are underachieving and do not have good players, and Hearts, who have some good players who remain underachieving. I think Aberdeen have a better squad than all of them. Um, simply just the, the sheer number of bodies they have around there, and even the the additions of the younger players like uh, uh, Duncan and and uh, Barron, who, again, they've been in, the, in and around the team for a little while now, um, but both of them have that. They both, Aberdeen just have a bit more depth than certainly uh, Hibernian have and uh, than Hearts have as well. I'm ultimately going to give them a three, though, just because, hmm, not sure about this, is exactly what I think to buy Robson's managerial stewardship. So... Ultimately, right. ultimately, Craig, some team in Scotland is going to trust a manager for a length of time. <laughs> Someone has to because like, we've seen it over the past two, three years that clubs are just emptying manager after manager and eventually at some point somebody's going to look at it. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Aberdeen, given that they seem to be entirely sensible in a, the majority of things that they're doing. I'm just going, let's just stop being arseholes here. Like, we have to back somebody and give them the time they have enough good players to get by and perform to, until you give the manager a little bit of time to build out their own career. You can't keep emptying people and expecting an immediate result and change to what's happened with another manager doing different things and different players and different recruitment. It's too expensive. Somebody has to be sensible. I do think it'll be Aberdeen. I think they will back Robson. I think they probably should because you've seen you see flashes of what the team he what he's trying to get the team to do and what they're doing, as I say. The hacking second half of the hacking game at the, the way leg and last night I thought it was very good. It was just good players doing good things and sensible things. Right, let's finish with your team, Motherwell. I'll just I'll just wind you up and let you let you go. Uh I'm gonna say like a four, four and a half, like we are in real fucking trouble here. Um the the things which made uh Stuart Kettlewell a success as a motherwell to to date so far. It essentially been like a properly solid backline and not conceding an awful lot of goals. Um and that's absolutely gone to shit. So we even though even though we were struggling to score goals, we were remaining in games and competing in games because we were not conceding an awful lot of goals. We've now conceded seven in two games, um, which is an alarming uh departure from that. There are some caveats to that in that Callum Butcher is now back, so hopefully that should potentially improve things. We went through the period against, um, we beat Hearts and then the period against St Mirren, Rangers and Celtic. All the games we lost by a goal, all the games it feels like we could have got something out of it. Since then we lost 2 at Livingston, drawn 3 each with Ross County and lost 4-2 at Aberdeen. Um, I think we're in trouble in a number of ways. Um, centre-halves look like they've never met each other. Um, which, having been so well drilled and so well organised and, and, and been a big part of that, um, is a real concern. I don't know particularly what's changed. Um, Liam Kelly playing like he'd been drinking tops um, was not a really big benefit for us last night either. He was, for me, culpable for at least three of the four goals last night. Um, the What we'd seen at Brodie Spencer initially was that he was a sort of flying wing-back, incredibly one-footed um, with his right foot, so it's great that we played him on the left because we have literally nobody else to play out there. Um, 
O'Donnell is struggling a little bit. He's been doing he's been much better this season as a Motherwell player for me. He's also been a very accurate accurate user of the ball, if that makes sense as well. Like he does not waste possession an awful lot. He is obviously more limited pace wise because he's getting older. But when he does get forward, he's been using the ball very well. Uh, Lennon Miller's been a huge bright spot for a season was poor last night, but he's 17 years old. Can't really offer any criticism to that. We had shifted to playing one centre forward in Theo Baird because we literally had one centre forward on the books. And then we were playing Miller, Peyton, Spittle and Slattery in behind that. And that was working very well. They were interlinking very well. Teams have almost immediately cottoned on to that. So if you shut down Slattery and shut down Spittle, we've got fuck all to offer because it leaves Peyton and Miller no one to run on to and play with. Slattery has been poor for a few weeks now. He's struggling once again. He goes through these wee spells of being very good and these wee spells of being fucking atrocious at passing a football. Um, Connor Wilkinson came in line last night in order to replace Theo Bear, which I do understand because Bear is a limited player. Despite he was actually fucking a nice goal last night, um, Wilkinson was basically anonymous for uh, almost the entirety of his time on the pitch. He is fucking huge, does not win headers. Say what you like about Theo Bear, Thelonious Bear. You can argue that he is a bad footballer all you like. Um, uh, he remains my number one choice for centre forward for Motherwell FC at this moment in time, simply on the basis that you get a shift out of him and he makes the centre halves more. Is what you mean before Beareth is one hundred percent fit? Yes, at this at this exact moment in time when yeah. Mika Beareth can play about forty five minutes at a time, Theo Beareth, Thelonious Beareth is my choice to play at centre forward, simply on the basis that he involves the rest of the players in the te- in in the game. He makes the game difficult for other centre halves. He can hold the ball up. He has some nice touches. Wilkinson, I genuinely do not remember him touching the ball last night. He was miles off of it. He looks very much like he needs a centre-forward pairing. I understand that we moved to having the four in behind the centre-forward simply because we had one centre-forward. Now we have more than one centre-forward. So if Wilkinson needs a pair, give him a pair. Do not continue with the same system. And there are big questions for Kettlewell to answer at this point as well because the system which he has been playing with us has been very effective up until this point you do not want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and throw everything away and just be like right this is fucked more important more pertinently we can't actually change anything because we have absolutely no width in the squad whatsoever and that we only have wing backs we do not have any wide players Luca Ross can play wide that's fine he's a child he doesn't have a wikipedia page Mika Beareth theoretically could play wide as well as part of a three but again he's the only good centre forward that ever looks like he's going to score a goal there are there are real troubles for Motherwell ahead if they cannot figure out a way to stop conceding the world's stupidest goals on a weekly basis. It looks like a fucking Danny Baker compilation at this point, so we need to sort that shit out for a start. Um, it was a, a humbling night, certainly, for Motherwell. The two goals at the end for Motherwell um, make the score look an awful lot more, um, an awful lot better than it was. It makes the game look significantly closer than it was. Until uh, 79 minutes with Theo Bear last one past Roos, which Roos was atrocious at, by the way. It's worth watching back because Roos was absolutely nowhere near it. I, don't, I still can't figure out if he took a deflection or whether he was just very bad with it or whether he just couldn't get his deck chair quickly enough. Um, but <laughs> certainly a four for Motherwell, potentially a five ultimately. And it's there was always going to be a degree of a, a regression of the mean, a regression to the mean for Stuart Kettlewell, and that we, he could simply. You cannot, as a Motherwell manager, continue to not lose games for your entire Motherwell career. At some point or other, you will go through a sticky spell. And again, I assume Aberdeen maintaining the manager. I do think Stuart Kettlewell is a good manager. I think he will. I do think he will turn it around. I do think he will figure it out. 
even if it's a case of just for a couple of games, we do not play a back three, we play an actual fucking back five. We play a back we play four midfielders behind that and we have a centre forward up top just leathering people and to get through a couple of games for nothing each. We just need to stem the tide at this moment in time. We need to rebuild the confidence of some of the players in there because a couple of them just look either tired, injured, or just shot confidence-wise and they're just not performing to the levels that they can. There are some within the squad you can give caveats to and they're just back from injury or they're actual fucking children. There are some in the squad you cannot give those caveats to. They're simply not performing and they do need to turn that around pretty sharpish. I'm not going to add too much to it. All I'll say is that I'm going to give them a three based on the, the basically all on reasons you kind of laid out. Butcher's back. I think the defence will get better. Beareth will, uh, you would hope, eventually get fit. If he doesn't get fit, then yeah, I'm with you. Because I've been saying this about Motherwell all season, that I think they're very good, but their forwards are no good at all. Yeah, real, the real concern with Beareth for me as well, in addition to that, is I don't know whether he can even play on plastic at the moment. Um, I don't, mm. I don't want to get, in a, I don't want to get into a pitch debate about it, but I suspect Arsenal, who have been very closely monitoring managing his return from injury, I suspect they may have concerns with him playing at Kilmarnock or Livingston. Okay, I don't I'll know. Add, I'll add I don't a half know. Point on it then, <laughs> I suspect they may have concerns about that, and he is a guy who has struggled to uh, stay injury free for basically his entire career. So it's a concern, certainly. Um, if we could get some sort of Arctic winter coming in and just suspend a bunch of games for a couple of months until we get to January and just find someone with some fucking pace to I don't I don't even care if they're absolutely hopeless at football. Just some just get like a hundred meter sprinter just to stretch the game for Motherwell because there's just no pace in the team whatsoever. My my final reason was that I do think Kettle Will's got that adaptability in him. Yep. So I do think Motherwell will recover. So only a three for me. But I understand and very well laid out reasons why Motherwell could be in big trouble. The, the, the adaptability is fine. We just have no other players. Like mm. there's no I don't I don't know how he can adapt the players that he has to play in a different system because I don't think they can do it. So oh, unless okay. there's a couple unless there's a couple of teenagers kicking around um that can play wide, then I suspect that's a problem for us. But that'll do us, Graham. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Craig. And thank you to everybody for listening. If you would like to hear more from us, we do have the Patreon, our Patreon subscription over at patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. The lowest tier is only £2 a month. What a bargain that is in this day and age. And while, unfortunately, you won't be able to watch this particular show on YouTube, we are putting up the majority of our main shows, the the free tier shows, the ones you're listening to right now on YouTube. So there is a Terrace podcast for that. If you're the type of person that likes to watch it in person, and even for the if somebody as well that doesn't want to necessarily watch, like for instance, Tony and myself had a podcast on Monday that was an hour and ten minutes. If you like, well, sit and watch something for an hour and ten minutes. It's not really my kind of thing. I have been breaking down the videos into each individual match. You're like, oh, I'm not sure if I'd watch the whole thing, but I would maybe watch them talk about Rangers Hearts, for example. Then you have that option as well. So, yeah, head over to YouTube, Terrace Podcast over there. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.